Opening up the Twitter mailbag, what can we learn about where quarterbacks have historically been drafted that will help us figure out where quarterbacks will get drafted this year? Are some prospects doomed by their draft location? And where can teams find value in trading up and down in this 2022 NFL draft? All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We're doing Twitter Tuesday times two. We've (laughs) we've not been able to do enough Twitter Tuesdays recently, so what we're going to do is a two-part Twitter Tuesday. Get you as many questions as possible over two days, so Tuesday and Wednesday. We will cover uh, all of your questions to make sure we get to as many as possible this time. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson answering those questions for you here. Those Twitter handles, at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL, where the questions are coming in. And thank you again for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I don't even want to talk about news unless it's a question that is asked about the news, Matt. I want to go straight questions for the next two episodes. I like it. We we have owed it to the questionnaire questionnaires for yes. a long time now. We we tease it and then we listen we get one and Monday as you mentioned the other day, Monday night seems to be the time that you know big news would pop every week and we'd be leaving our question and our, our folks with the questions out in the cold. So Let's let's correct that. Yes, absolutely. And and apologies for getting the pod up late on Tuesday. We have some scheduling stuff going on for the next couple of days. So that's why we're going to throw these two podcasts together and do two part series Tuesday and Wednesday this week of Twitter Tuesday to really make up for our lack of answering questions. I want to start with Shantanu on Twitter, who says, Brian, I was listening to you say teams might require less to trade down. And I hope not. I'm still hoping the Steelers trade down and pick up some decent draft capital day two. Uh, I have some thoughts about when there could be value in this class, Matt. He has a second part to this question. But just real quick, I want to ask you, as someone who covers the Steelers, are the Steelers a trade down team, a trade up for a quarterback team, a stand pat team? Where are the Steelers going in this? Because quarterback possibly, but I, I think you've sort of fainted the idea that maybe safety could be in the mix or, or who knows what position there for the Steelers at 20. Yeah. It's interesting. You brought that up because just this week, my Steeler co-host and I, Dale Lawley, we do this every year about this time, you know, a couple of weeks before the draft, wherever the Steelers pick, if it's 18, we pick 18 players this year, it's 20. We both came up with our 20 Steelers that we would want if we were in charge of the team in order. And really, I think a lot of the targets, the guys that I like best, are either clearly going to be gone. And to me, Jamison Williams is one of my favorite. I think, you know, these receivers are just gaining too much steam. I I don't think, you know, Wilson, London, Jamison Williams have much of a chance to getting to 20. And quarterback aside, I mean, if Willis was there, I would grab him. But the names I like are guys like Dax Hill, Lewis Seen, and they don't have a ton of picks. So it's an interesting question. I mean, nine out of ten times, if a team is trading up in a mock you read on the internet, it's the Steelers move up for a quarterback for Malik Willis. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit cheating by the mocker because they just don't know where to put these quarterbacks, yeah. nor would I. So you know what I mean? Right. Like we we got to make an aggressive move to do that. But if they don't 
have quarterback in mind, and I really don't have an inkling either way. I think trading down would be great. I mean, if you could pick up an extra second or third in this draft, I think it would really pay off for the Steelers, but for a lot of teams too. I like that neighborhood of the draft quite a bit. And I do want to say, as it pertains to the trade-up, trade-down scenarios, I think the value a team could get, and we've already seen it, I think, with uh, the the Saints. If the Saints yeah. end up with what the moves they did and get up into the top ten with those two picks, they're they're one first round pick in a, in you know in a three years away, short of what it would cost last year for the 49ers to go from twelve to three. If the Saints somehow get to number three, and I think the Texans wouldn't really need to get more than those two first rounders from the Saints, then uh, that's a value going from 16 to yeah, three versus what the Niners paid to go 12 to three last year. So I'm, I'm talking about teams more willing to trade out of the early portion, the top 10 of the draft, maybe than other years. Yeah. That's where maybe the value could be. I think it's the opposite or maybe not the opposite, but I think right on par in the middle of the round though. So if the Steelers get out of 20, I think they should be able to get value for that. I think there's going to be some jockeying for position, especially with wide receivers, maybe quarterbacks there in the middle of the first round. I think teams will be able to get value selling and moving down there. I just don't think the top 10 picks will be able to get value moving down yeah two things i want to mention that stem from this question is i think it's a fun exercise and all of you out there can do it you know pick your favorite team well you guys that don't have first round picks and there's so many of you you're probably out of luck but if your team picks 19th make your board of 19 out there you know like i i looked at the steelers at 20 and there was 10 names i just called gone i wasn't gonna fight Stingley versus Evan Neal on my board. You know, I'm not spending any time on those. There was 10 dudes I just thought were gone. And then I just came up with my remaining 10. And then I had an honorable mention section of another, you know, 10 or so guys. So if you do something like that, because your team is going to do it, you'll have a much better feel for, you know, when, when names start falling off the board, it'll make round one more fun for you. And you'll look at it and you'll be like, boy, I got five names. I really like here. And one verse five really isn't that much different. What if I could trade back four spots? And that's what teams do. So I urge you to do that for your favorite team. It's not hard. You know, you're not going to get Aiden Hutchinson if you have the 10th pick. So don't even bother with that stuff. And then the last note was kind of like you were saying, BP, is I, I, I think there could be some trade back into round one teams. You know, there's so many teams that don't have a first round pick plus the Ritter, Howe, even Pickett and Willis, you know, those type of dudes could be attractive to a team like Atlanta that doesn't want to spend the top 10 pick on the guy, but they'll give you their two and a future two to get to 31 for that pick. It's funny that you mentioned that because I've been sort of going through that process and the 49ers don't have a pick in the first round. They have a pick all the way at 61. Right. And we've been trying to That's figure tough. out who's going to be there at 61. And it's funny because the players you're talking about at 20 are the players I'm hoping, you know, a DK Metcalf or a Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa type fall and Lewis C. Yeah. is still there yeah. for the Niners to maybe sneak up a, a couple extra picks, you know, 10, 12 picks to still be able to get in the middle of round two, let alone in round one. So Dax Hill and, and Lewis C. I don't know where those guys are going to go. I think they're first round values, but I think Later on into day two, there might be some of those values. So the way every team's board stacks could be wild this year, and it could create a ton of movement. Yeah, and uh, I, I probably could say this every year, but this draft is difficult that way. I mean, Lewis Seen is in my top 20 for the Steelers. I like him an awful lot. But if you told me right now, would you swap the 20th pick for Lewis Seen? I'll say 
I'll wait to see door number two and see how this thing goes. I mean, right. I don't know that it's crazy that he falls to the second round of the Steelers, you know? Right. Yeah. And what are they picking? 50 something? 52. I 52? Think it is. Yeah. yeah. He could be there at 52. He could be there. Right. It's going to be a wild year. It's going to be a lot it's of fun. fun. Yeah. I want to tease something for the next segment here, Matt, and it's about where the quarterbacks could go. We don't have enough time right now, but uh, there's an interesting. Just just going back and looking at where quarterbacks have been selected in the past. And Warren Sharp did the work for me, thankfully. And he put a tweet out there talking about when... He's what, good for those things. Oh, yeah, he's great for that. Uh, what overall pick <laughs> was the first quarterback taken in each draft? Going all the way back to 1997. Oh, wow. So we're going back okay. you know, over 20 years here on when the first quarterback in every draft was selected. What pick that was. And I think it's pretty telling versus what this class is and might help us guess how things are going to go as far as quarterbacks go uh before we get to that i want to shout out dig into that that'll be fun yeah uh listen a lot of ones but the ones that aren't ones are going to be interesting (laughs) when we were talking about drake london as a comp a few weeks ago it was like two weeks ago i've been sitting on this this tweet for a while and it was a really good comp because we wouldn't we were we were talking about how it's sort of a throwback like who do you compare this player to in this draft class and mark's throne said i'll go even deeper because we were talking about you know Keyshawn johnson maybe and going back he says similar size and measurables to one herman moore what do you think about a herman moore ah. comp for drake london i have no problem at all for it i i really respect the comp game when they go back, you know, like everyone wants to think about someone that came out in the last couple of drafts, but I mean, to really, and I, I'll be the first to admit, I'm bad at comps. You know, we did that one episode where we were doing comps off the top of my head and that was my, my least favorite. Episode. Well, that's, yeah, that's what the, that's what the reply was about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't yeah. come up with a really good one for Drake London and a couple other guys. I like the Herman Moore one though. Can get downfield, body control, can play above the rim, pluck it off your helmet. Uh, can, would definitely go over the middle came out of his breaks well. And yeah, if you draft, you know, Drake London with the 10th pick and he turns into Herman Moore, you'll be quite happy about it. He's a really good player. Absolutely. Thought that was a great comp. So I wanted to shout that the, one out. Old, okay, old next. Old school comp picks. They're the old school comps. That's great. <laughs> exactly. I love the old school. Yeah, keep those coming. Yeah, go go deep into the pocket oh, when yeah. you're talking about comps. I don't want to hear about who's in the league right now. If it's not a good comp, go find the best one. You might have to go back 25 years. It reminds me of Jack Youngblood. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. Some <laughs> comps, too. It's like, well, that guy wouldn't even get drafted anymore, you know. Oh, I, I talk about that with Jack Ham all the time. Yeah. Jack Ham's tiny. He's one of the best linebackers ever, and he would not, he would not even have been in the camp. Yeah, small, small and slow. Bad combo right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> what overall pick was the first quarterback in every draft taken since 1997? What can we learn from that in the 2022 draft next? Bet Online is your number one source for all betting stats and information this season find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's nba playoffs and the start of the major league baseball season bet online is your continued source for all sports wagering information live betting playoffs esports and more and of course those tasty nfl Draft props. It's one of my favorite things to bet on all year long. As April is so fun. Baseball starting, you got something every day. Multiple games to bet on every day. The NCAA tournament has gone. You know, I mean, April is amazing. And the NFL draft, nothing better. Love the draft props. Feel like I got a little advantage on the house, too, when it comes to those NFL draft props. So listen to Peacock and Williamson and then go win some money. At Bet Online, head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making 
The Peacock and Williamson show your first listen every day. And now for a big announcement starting Thursday, April 28th, tune into the Locked On NFL Drafts live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch the Odyssey Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special again this year, hosted by yours truly, Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show all week leading up to the first pick. So stay tuned for that stuff. Uh, tons of draft coverage here coming on the Locked On Podcast Network. And I'm seeing some of these picks behind the scenes, by the way. This this mock draft is happening, and I'm seeing those picks, and it's some very interesting stuff, and uh, yeah. maybe some wrinkles, and some, some eyebrows will be raised with some of the selections made by our Locked On hosts, which I always love. I can certainly give you guys this much of a tease. The uh, the locked on hosts as a collective unit very much get my stamp of approval. Even if I work for ESPN or CBS, I'd say that. And that's a very impressive group. And by no means are they going through the motions and just putting it in neutral for this exercise. They're making their picks count. Oh, no, no. And I love how the, the network continues to grow and all the shows grow and we can flex the power of the network and put everybody together. And I'm going to have some more of those yeah, hosts cool. on the show with us as well leading up to the draft, Matt. Real quick, pro, while we're doing programming notes and housekeeping, I haven't asked you folks, you know, practice squad tackling dummies to do this for a while, but how about a rate and review? I don't think I've said that in six months. Just do me a favor. Go out there and just give us five stars. What yeah. the heck, you know? And, and why not head over to Locked On NFL youtube channel as well and give that a subscribe before the peacock and williamson show shows up there because we will be live and in person in your face on youtube very soon on the locked on nfl channel and and while we're there tweet me do you mind if i'm walking around the room and not on camera and (laughs) have my hand up my nose and down my pants and scrolling around and doing the mail and you know I've got this stand-up desk, and it goes from sitting to standing positions because I like to stand and do some work and yeah, you know, yeah. get some blood flowing. But I can't do a podcast standing because I'm too hyperactive and I can't stop moving around. And, and sometimes I'll be doing like you know a radio hit or something. I'll be on my cell phone and I'll pace around so much when I'm talking, I run out of breath and I can't even answer the question that to the oh. to the host that's asking me questions on the radio because I can't stop moving. So I have to keep myself in seated mode when I am recording the podcast, or else I, I'm just like you know running out of, of space with my extension cord on my headphones. A lot. I, that's the only thing that worries me about the YouTube stuff is I'm never sitting down while we're having this conversation. I'm walking around, I'm picking something up, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm moving, I'm thinking about different things. Um, and along those lines, I have a standing radio hit that I've probably done for 15 years now at one twenty every Friday with Stan Savern, who's a Pittsburgh legend and a great dude. I, I take a whole basket of laundry up, clean laundry, and just start putting it away for those 15 minutes while I'm on the phone with them. Sorting socks, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, we can't do any <laughs> sock sorting anymore during the pod. <laughs> right. So if you guys don't mind me sorting socks or putting my underwear away, let me know. So to answer the question put out here by Foamy on Twitter, who is asking why are we suddenly throwing these quarterbacks that we've said all along or maybe even second round guys or late first round guys all the way up and, and cramming everybody in the first round and uh, the top of the first round and trading up. And, and it's a great question and I'm going to look into why. And essentially the draft is going to go one of two ways, Matt, when it comes to quarterbacks, if history tells us anything is that yeah. quarterbacks either going to go as high as a quarterback can possibly go or 
they're not going to care, and someone's going to overdraft a guy at the end of round one, in the second half of round one. Let me, let me read to you, since 1997, and some of these I don't even remember who okay. the first, first quarterback was taken. Who was the first quarterback taken in 1997? That was 26th overall in the first round. Wow. Can you come okay. up with that on the top of your head? I might, was that like Jim Druckenmiller or something? Here's another one of my weaknesses is <laughs> if you told me who the first pick in that draft was, I'd come up with it. But I can't tell you who's 97 versus 95 versus 93. Like, my mind doesn't work that well that way. But I remember, oh, that's the Manziel class. Oh, that's the Chase Young class. You know, like, if you give me the first pick in that draft, then I probably would figure it out. But I would never come up with it the other way around. That's why I'm typing in drafthistory.com. Yeah, I had to look it up right now. So that was the (laughs) Orlando Pace draft in 1997. Orlando Pace, number one overall. I'm still not coming up with it. That's quite a ways back. Really good class. Tons of Hall of Famers. Walter Jones, Tony Gonzalez, yeah. uh, Sean Springs was number three Jake overall Plummer? in that class. I can't remember if he's a first-round pick or not, but I nope. think he was hey, in that class. It was Jim Druckenmiller, the all-time Josh San Mark. Francisco 49ers bust of a quarterback. Sure oh, yeah, that doesn't count. Great props for that one. No, that one doesn't count. I think I was in my sixth year of college on that one. They usually <laughs> call those people doctors. But. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you were only in college for six years? Oh, I got you beat. <laughs> it's an expensive bachelor degree that I got. All right, so starting in 97, the first quarterback selected overall was 26. I guess I have to say this. My, my yeah. mom worked at Pitt, and back then you got 12 free terms, and I used all 12 to get a 2.1 in creative writing. So mm. it was really a stellar performance by young Matt Williamson. <laughs> creative writing. Let me tell you about this year's class of offensive tackles. It's an all-timer. We've got Orlando Pace and Walter Jones and- Oh, man. Do some fanfic. Um, let's see. So 1997, pick 26. And it's a perfect example. It was not a great quarterback class, and one didn't go early. And, in fact, the one that did go the earliest, Jim Druckenmiller, an all-time bust for the 49ers, goes number 26 yeah. overall. Real quick, is super, I'll, I'm not going to get off on tangent, I okay. promise. <laughs> but one of my jobs with the Browns was I was in charge of the NFC West for that year. I watched every snap of the NFC West, every special teams tape. Jones and Pace were in their prime when I was there. And I kid you not, by the second half, the opposing pass rushers really just gave up. Like, (laughs) they would kind of play patty cake at the line of scrimmage and hope for a rollout or a screen pass. They did not even challenge those guys. I mean, Pace and Jones were unbelievable. Yeah, same draft class. It's it's pretty unbelievable how good those guys were. 1998 and 1999, quarterback went number one overall. And number two overall, I believe, in both those years. It was Manning, okay. and, Manning and Leaf. Uh, anyway, 2000, the first quarterback went 18 overall. Okay. I almost feel like we should ignore the ones that go one or maybe even two because this year there's not going to be a one. Well, this is, it's, it's sort of part of it, though. I want to go through yeah, that okay, process. Okay, okay. So, so it's, it's part of the point here. Uh, and to, in the year 2000, it was number 18 overall was the first quarterback selected. 2001 through 2005, Number one overall was when the first quarterback was selected. In 2006, it was number three overall. 2007, uh, 2006 draft, by the way, was Mario Williams number one. It was Vince Young. Who I'm went cheating now. Vince Young. I yeah. pulled it up. Matt Leiner was 10. Cutler okay. was 11. Okay. 2007, number one overall. 2008, number three overall. That was Jamarcus Russell, by yeah. the way. Yeah, so, yeah, hey, it, just because there's no Peyton Manning, that doesn't mean it's, there's not a Jamarcus Russell that's overdrafted, too. Right, right, right. right. Um, 2009 through 2012, number one overall. 2012 was Andrew Luck. 
2013 okay. was the EJ Manuel uh, 16 overall. About the worst draft class you ever see. Yes. I mean, to, to refresh folks, EJ Manuel, Geno Smith, Mike Glennon, Matt Barkley were the ones taken in the top 100. Yuck. Then 2014, number three overall. 2015 and 2016, number one. 2017, number two. That was Miles Garrett class, and Mitch Trubisky went number two. Yeah, okay. And then 2018 through 2021, number one overall was when the first quarterback was selected. Okay. And a lot of ones, of course. Yes, a lot of ones. But essentially, here's the deal: is quarterbacks either go at the very highest a quarterback selection could possibly be made, right, mm-hmm. or they don't go early at all. And in the years like 1997 and 28 or and 2000 and 2013, and probably what should be 2022, a quarterback doesn't go that high. So what I'm trying to say is either yeah. Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, if we're going by history, if they get past the Lions at number two, then they might not go until the Saints or the Steelers at 16 and 20. That's what history then, tells us about the NFL draft. Then you get into the playoff teams that presumably don't need one. You know, like it's rare. The Mahomes year is rare because – the Texans and the Chiefs traded up despite going to the playoffs to go get a quarterback. Like that never happened. You know, the Chiefs aren't doing that this year to trade up for a quarterback. Packers aren't trading up. You know, I mean, right. the playoff teams aren't <laughs> going to do that. That that is interesting. I mean, so like, and and the most common thing that happens in every mock draft right now is that the first quarterback goes number six overall to the Carolina Panthers, which would make this the most unique draft class of all time because that's not the way things go. You either go to the Lions at number two. It's the first possible spot. There's no generational player there that's uh, at another position for them to draft instead. Either that go that quarterback who's the best in the class goes number two to the first team that needs a quarterback, or that means the quarterback class is not good if one of those teams passes on those guys. And and we're talking about a quarterback much later on. And it's it's hard it's hard to say that this will be that one class the the really the only class right i guess you could go to you know the last time a quarterback didn't go number one it was 2017 it was trubisky was number two and that was a class Mm -hmm. where people kind of weren't sure about the quarterbacks but they were thought they were thought of higher than this group is right and trubisky wasn't an easy number one in that class either and miles garrett was generational pass rusher so it was pretty clear to see why he was going to go in number one i think every team would have taken miles garrett number one which is kind of the point right right, right. so the earliest a quarterback could have gone was number two that year which is where the quarterback went and it's pretty much the same thing with all these other draft classes except for those those three that were more like this year i think as far as talent and how it lines up so I find it fascinating. If you're making a mock draft, you should probably fill out a quarterback to the Lions. If you think they're going to go as high as number six, they're probably going to go as high as number two. And if you don't like a quarterback to the Lions, then you probably don't like a quarterback in the top ten period. Yeah, and maybe you know the twelfth pick won't be. You know, that gets really interesting. Um, one thing I'd like to do with that information is take all the ones and twos out, and what's the average then? You know, I mean because. There obviously wasn't uh, Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck those years. But there's two classes I wanted to mention while you were talking there. Because 2011, that's the Cam Newton year yes. with Julio Jones and I an mean, awesome draft class. And the 2019, where Kyler went first, those two were pretty easily the first overall pick. So if you take those away, though, those are like the only two drafts where I see the next group of quarterbacks vastly being overdrafted. And I thought so at the time, 
you know, not just the fact they didn't work out. That's easy to say in hindsight. Like, I can laugh at Jamarcus Russell, but none of us laughed when they took the Raiders took Jamarcus Russell at the time. You know, um, 2011, Jake Locker at 8, Blaine Gabbert at 10, Christian Ponder especially at 12. We all went, if you remember, I, mean, I know you were in the draft back then, we were all like, you pass on Patrick Peterson and Julio Jones and A.J. Green and J.J. Watt and Tyron Smith for really mediocre quarterbacks that kind of remind me of this year's class. Again, not Newton because he went first, but right. that next group. The next group, yeah. And, and same with 2019 where Kyler was one. Okay. And trust me, I'm going to pick on Dwayne Haskins, but this happens, you know, R.I.P. Dwayne. But Haskins at 15 and especially Daniel Jones at six, like those guys shouldn't be top 15 picks. I mean, right. those are teams just taking quarterbacks to take quarterbacks. Can he pick it with some Daniel Jones vibe right now? A lot. Hmm. Safe. He'll be fine. Well coached. Yeah. You know, you get a lot of that same stuff. Wow. And that's a good yeah, point. Daniel Jones knows the Mannings really well. Take out quarterbacks <laughs> that were, yeah, exactly. Take out quarterbacks right. that were drafted in the top two or three picks and then see where the first guy was taken from there. That's what's interesting to me. Hmm. You know, like, yeah. I'm not going to include Mariota and Wentz that went second because a good guy went ahead of them, you know, but if you take out the top two picks, I bet there's the average is like, I don't know, 18, something like that, you know? And yeah. I bet there's a lot of misses. A lot of misses. Yeah. There's a lot of misses. That's anyway. what this class Even including like number that. one and two, there's a lot of misses. Of course. Of course. I mean, it's a hard position to hit on, of course. But. All right. Let's move on to some more Twitter Tuesday. We've got a question about if, if prospects are doomed to fail because of their landing spot with some bad teams at the top of the draft next. You know what I love about Rock Auto? Not only are they a family business and rockauto.com has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you are into cars or even just a do-it-yourselfer with some minor repairs and minor parts here or there to keep your car in prime condition. You can find everything you need. You don't need to go to some chain store with their oddball pricing and never knowing what's in stock and never knowing what the guy on the other side of the counter is looking at on the screen. And chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or any account login. And they have literally everything. Blows my mind what they have in stock at RockAuto.com. Dot com for your specific car, whether it be a classic or your daily driver. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com, always reliably low. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. To Zachary on Twitter, a frequent tweeter into the program, he says, he is, sure is, is, is it stupid of me to say that I feel bad for anybody going in the top five because they're going to teams that suck and that they're not going to live up to their full potential? I think that's definitely true of quarterbacks. Zachary mentions uh, Aiden Hutchinson potentially going number one overall to Jacksonville because the team is not good and, and it seemed to wasted a lot of talent. And they have wasted a lot of talent, not just quarterback talent. They've wasted you know positional talent on both sides of the ball. But I think especially for quarterbacks, you get into a bad situation, a bad coaching staff. We've already seen a couple of the rookie quarterbacks from last year's really good class that everyone universally thought was an awesome class of quarterbacks already have are already on their second coaching staffs in their second mm -hmm. year. And that can't be good for a quarterback's development. It can't be good at all. And um, in a way, yeah, I mean, 
Zachary, I don't know what you do for a living, but I'm sure 99.9% of the people won't feel bad for a 22 year old who's a top five pick financially. You know, they're, yes. they're, they're you know, we're not, we're not crying for you too much, Trevor Lawrence. You know, I mean, you get to play a, a game and, and I'm not minimizing what they do. They deserve the money because they, for many reasons, but I understand what you're asking because boy, it's harder. I mean, I think in this sport more than others, I mean, you could be a great first baseman pitcher, center fielder, whatever, hit 300, hit a ton of home runs, get, win a gold glove and, no one's going to blame you when the team only wins 20% of their games. I'm sure basketball and hockey are, you know, hard as well because you have nothing around you, but there's so many individual moments you can shine. Um, I absolutely think that. I mean, I, I think landing spot, especially for quarterbacks, is remarkably important and so much more difficult. I mean, again, Jacksonville versus the Saints or Steelers, you know, just teams that are used to winning is such a nice soft landing spot. And here's my question for you along those lines, VP. If Trevor Lawrence this time last year was considered sort of like a Willis or a Pickett, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he could go anywhere, but he goes first overall in a disastrous season. Are we already calling him a bust? Like, has he gotten a year leeway because of such an awesome prospect that he is because of how bad his situation was. I think he deserves it. I'm not saying that we should be calling Trevor Lawrence a bust. I don't think he had any chance to succeed, but if that was, if they chose Zach Wilson over Lawrence, would we be like, man, Wilson stinks. <laughs> I, we are already seeing Lawrence get a lot more of a pass than Wilson. Way more. Exactly. So that's a better way to put it. Yeah, we're seeing that already. Not even close. Not even and close. I, I will say that I've watched back some more of the, the rookie quarterbacks from last year just to kind of see what they look like because sometimes mm-hmm. in the season you don't get a chance to sort of sit back and, and, and look, at the, look at the entire league as close as you want to or individual players as close as you want to. Uh, Trevor Lawrence actually didn't play as bad, I don't think, than what it looked like with Jacksonville and he was not helped out at all scheme wise. Um, you know, draw there's wide receivers dropping the ball. It, it was not a good situation Jeepers for him. Bad. So maybe he deserves more of a bass, even just based on his play. But he, you know, he, he's, he's living on, you know, some stuff he did in college as a freshman, a little bit, right. You know, right, and, right, and right. it's, it's definitely helped him. He's got a better PR team than some of the other quarterbacks. And there's some people already jumping off ship for Wilson and for, uh, you know, people are talking about Trey Lance in a negative way, even though he didn't even get a chance to play much about, oh, he can't mm-hmm. beat out Jimmy. That means he's going to be terrible and the team doesn't like him because they trusted the veteran instead of him. Uh, people are jumping off of the Justin Fields bandwagon already. So it's it's pretty amazing how quickly that can turn. And Trevor Lawrence is getting less of that, it feels like, even though his – and maybe it's because his team's in the worst situation, uh, maybe of all those teams, that he's getting a little bit of a pass. But, yeah, he was sort of – Nobody even nobody even thought that another quarterback or another player could go number one in the draft last year. No. And it was a foregone conclusion, and now he's getting a pass after a bad rookie season. People know I like Fields, and I think Fields would go at the latest in this draft second, but probably first. Somebody would be calling the Jags to get up there. Mm-hmm. But I worry about him. I mean, the Bears aren't noticeably better now than they were last year. They're maybe even worse. No. Is it, are we going to be six games into the you know, Fields' second season going – this guy's no good. You know, they might have to go get a quarterback <laughs> next year if they only win three games. Like, uh, I, man, and, I mean, and what I'll do we say, expect from him? 
I'll say about Fields, too, watching him a little closer, looking at his statistics. He was so bad at the beginning. And remember that Very first start so. he yeah. had where he got sacked nine times or something like that? <laughs> yeah, Miles Garrett had like 10 of them. Yeah, his, his last half of the season, his last eight games were actually pretty good. They, or they were much, much better, better, at least. So if he plays, if he starts where he ended, I think that will already be a much better situation. If he does have a better coaching staff, there's no talent around him, which is not doing the kid any favors at all. And it really looks like the Bears are, are, are trying to start from scratch and, and fix their salary cap situation which you know which is a good idea for a franchise to do but, but it just stinks that year. you know they're going to waste now the second season of this young man's career right exactly and, they're going to waste his, his second season that's a foregone conclusion in my opinion no no you know they've gotten worse on the offensive line worse at receiver which is the two things they they needed to get better at the most to help him out mm-hmm. right and i understand that you're trying to give your make yourself into a powerhouse franchise and football team once Aaron Rodgers retires go run that division like that that should be the long-term goal but man you know what's going to get you there is your uh, is a young superstar quarterback so you got to do what's best you for can't him, ruin well. him and you don't have a first round pick either to draft either of those positions no the draft's not going to help them much at all I mean they have you know they trade Khalil Mack and things like that like next off season we're going to be buzzing like crazy about the Bears but this is going to be a long year for them and if, if it's you know they win four games five games and Fields struggles as he probably will, as most quarterbacks would. Are we going to be getting stuff like, man, the Bears are picking fifth overall? Maybe they should draft the quarterback. Like, holy cow, you know? I mean, I, that just worries me that it could be coming. I loved your point about how he improved, though. Not a lot of people noticed, but he did. And I'm still worried about Zach Wilson, but he was better when he came back from injury than before. Getting away from the game helped him a little. Yeah, uh, and I'm I'm so. This is the time that most prospects, whether it's quarterbacks or not, but especially quarterbacks, have the most improvement in their careers. Is their first full off season, right? So year two, you would think for all these guys on paper could be a lot better than we saw, and they're all super talented. And I would still take all five of the first quarterbacks that were taken last year over any of the quarterbacks in this class. And I would buy the argument of upside for Malik Willis, um, but I'm definitely taking Mac Jones over Kenny Pickett. Oh, yeah. I think that's an easy one. And to Zachary's Um, point as well, as far as getting ruined, I mean, it's pretty clear. And we said it at the time when it was like, oh, man, Trey Lance and Mac Jones landed in really good spots, right? Right. And a year later, after their rookie seasons, you're like, well, yeah, absolutely. They're in much better spots. And and those other guys all struggled. I like Mac Jones, but if he would have went to the Jags, it would have been unbelievably bad. Oh, yeah. And and, man, (laughs) I bet bet Trevor Lawrence with the Patriots would have looked pretty darn good. Oh, yeah. Uh, Trevor Lawrence would be talking about, oh, he's as good as Burrow. Or, you know, the next Brady. Right. I 100% think that's true. Um, I had something else smart and witty to Sorry, say. Sorry, I interrupted you. I don't remember you what it was. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe it'll <laughs> dawn on me later. Well, if you think of it, we'll get to it on tomorrow's <laughs> Twitter Wednesday, the Twitter Tuesday Part 2 for tomorrow's podcast. I want to thank everybody who's getting involved with these Twitter episodes, you can hit us up at any time, not just on a Tuesday at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. We're going to get back into more of your questions tomorrow. Thanks for making us your first listen for your second listen. Make sure you're checking out all the shows here on the network, including Matt Williamson doing the locked on dynasty football podcast, locked on NFL draft. Go get ready for that locked on NFL YouTube channel that Peacock and Williamson will be on very soon. And you can see our lovely faces as we talk (laughs) football. Matt and I back tomorrow with more of your questions right here. Peacock and Williamson.